It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Final Four is here, and Caitlin Clark is the biggest star left in the women's and men's tournament. What kind of impact can this run have on the future of women's college basketball? Plus, a supremely weird men's Final Four. And if Brock Purdy is the preferred starter, what is the future of Trey Lance in San Francisco? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It is a profoundly weird men's final four in 2023, but they've all kind of been weird lately. In fact, over the last four years, years or at least the last four final fours 16 different teams have participated which is to say no repeat finalists that seems almost impossible joining me now from locked on college basketball isaac shade and and isaac you put out that tweet um that is an incredible factoid to what can we attribute the fact that we just are not seeing anyone consistently making it to the final four well, first off, Peter, I need to apologize to those watching. The Braves won on opening day for the first time in five seasons, and so I'm decked <laughs> out in uh, Braves stuff. So apologies for my dressed-down demeanor. But uh, to, your, to your question, it's awesome. First off, let's just say that like I, I love this. What we can attribute it to is it's, it's just growing. People are finding places to play. And if you can play basketball, you're going to find a place. There are more great basketball players out there. There are more players willing to play together. There are more great coaches. There are more great programs. Everything's rising up. And here's here's the truth of the NCAA tournament. You know, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of how the NBA playoffs work, Peter, but you play four out of seven in every mm-hmm. round, which is just frankly absurd. Uh, that's <laughs> part of the beauty of our sport is it's a one-off, right? And on any given day, somebody could get hot and you're going home if that's the case. And so I think that's part of it. Uh, another part of it is there legitimately is more parity as we get more advanced metrics and people can game plan differently. That's a lot of it too. And um, you and I, I feel like at this point, we'd talk about this ad infinitum, but my goodness, with, with NIL and transfer portal, any old booster out there who wants to buy a team for his alma mater, have at it, brother. Let's get after it. What up to uh, shouts to Life Wallet for sponsoring Nigel Pack from K State to Miami, right? And and that's where we're at. Miami's in the Final Four. Yeah, some might say ad nauseum, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> so as we look at these teams, um, the the Blue Blood programs not not really there, although you know UConn borderline. But when when you think about this year, and we think about different different seasons differently, right? The the quality of the champion. Hmm. is something that we do think about. And and you and I mentioned off air the last time we spoke about that that Butler Yukon final that this might end up feeling a lot like that. How different do you think this championship is going to feel given the way that the tournament played out and that these are going to be programs that 
just haven't been here before that we don't have the sort of name recognition for. And so there, there may be this um, tendency to say, well, this doesn't mean as much. That's a wonderful question. And I would, by the way, classify Yukon as part of the new blood crew. If we talk okay. about blue bloods and new bloods, I'd put Yukon in that category because if they win this one, that's five championships dating back to 1999. Mm. Come on with, with that noise. Uh, by the way, going back to that group of 16 you just talked about, it's every blue blood except Kentucky. That's the only one that's missing out of that conglomerate, by the way. Mm. What up, John Calipari? we got to have some hot seat conversations this offseason. Anyway, let's get back to the question at hand. <laughs> if UConn <laughs> is the team that wins this national championship, I think we look back at it and say that it was a worthy champion who has played really well. This has been a tale of three seasons for the Huskies. They started the season. 14 and 0. The first 13 of those games were all by double digits. Then they went on a stretch where they lost six out of eight, and everyone kind of forgot that, oh, by the way, they were playing as the best team in college basketball back in mid-December, where Andy and I on Locked on College Basketball were like, UConn number one, where are you at, AP voters? Why are you voting Purdue number one? Because we can clearly see that they're going to be a team that gets knocked off early in the NCAA tournament. Yes, back in December, we were saying that. But then UConn since then, 13-2, and two, number one at Ken Palm. This is a very worthy champion that it don't, let's not compare it to when they beat Butler, right? This is not some fluke out of nowhere that's going to be an ugly championship game. UConn has won all four of the games they've played so far in the NCAA tournament. Ridiculous margins by at least 15 Give me UConn to win this. And oh, by the way, some more statistical numbers back up that of these four teams remaining, only UConn can win it. Stay up to date all year on the latest with Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, is Caitlin Clark the biggest star left in either the men's or women's NCAA tournament? The tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You get to bet and lose and still have a chance to get that money and use it to make more bets. It is a wonderful, beautiful thing. Not even, it's not even Christmas. And they're giving this to you. Just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. Or how about some Major League Baseball futures? The Astros slightly favored over the Braves and Dodgers for the World Series title this year. FanDuel has the Astros 6-1 to while both the Braves and the Dodgers plus 750. The Yankees plus 850 and the Mets. All those millions of dollars. They are 9-1 to one right behind. All of this on an app that's safe and secure, super easy to use, so don't miss your shot on a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Aaron Judge's future was uncertain this offseason. But his first bat this season was not. This is Stacey Gosulius of Locked On Yankees, and the Yankees win their home opener 5-0 against the Giants. The big story of the day, Anthony Volpe making his debut. And how did he do? He got a walk in his first at-bat. He also stole a base. He was perfect in the field. All-around good day for him. And Aaron Judge facing the team that everyone thought he had signed with for seven minutes in December. Hits a home run in his first at-bat. Dead center, 422. So if you bet on Aaron Judge to hit the first Yankees home run of the season... Congratulations, you won something. I don't know what. Gleyber Torres also hit a home run. DJ LeMahieu drove in a run. And Garrett Cole, who started the game with a four-pitch walk, ended up striking out 11. So he recovered from that. It's cold today. It's cold. And that's the only complaint that Yankee fans are allowed to have about today, that it was cold. Other than that, everything worked out almost perfectly. So we'll have everything you need to know about this game on the next Locked on Yankees. So tune in. Yeah. Any thoughts of a hangover season just right out the door, two pitches into the season? The defending champion Houston Astros had a battle on opening day. Hey, they're Ray Sean Wheelhouse here at Locked on Astros. And the Houston Astros fall to the White Sox 3-2. Dylan Cease with a double-digit strikeout game. The White Sox pitcher looked phenomenal on the mound. Frember Valdez gave him 11 hits, but all the runs came late. The Astros scored first with a run on a pass ball. Alvarez scored. Then uh, Andrew Bond hit a ball where they scored two runs in that inning, and they ended up going up 3-1. Jordan Alvarez would try to bring them back. They were down 3-1, hit a ball to right field. A bomb absolutely crushed it. They came within one run. Then you had the rookie, he had our Diaz, Diaz, trying to not only tie the game, but win the game because Kyle Tucker got on base with the walk and he struck out. Tough loss for the Astros, but they come back to fight another day. Again, this is H.T. Wellhouse with Locked on Astros. Remember, they're your team every day. It didn't take long for Major League Baseball's first pitch clock violation. Chicago Cubs pitcher Marcus Stroman was called for the violation in the third inning and will go in the history books as the first pitch clock violation. Here's Stroman's reaction to that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's tough, man. It's tough, this pitch clock. It's a big adjustment. I don't think people really realize, like, it just adds a whole nother layer of thinking. You got to be conscious of the clock. You got to be looking at the clock. You're trying to worry about the pitch. You're trying to worry about the guys on base. You're trying to worry about your grip. There's so many things going on now. So it's, it's, it definitely adds another layer to the game. That's, that's tough, to be honest with you. It's definitely not easy to be a pitcher out there and to feel rushed at times. It's always interesting to hear pitchers different perspectives on these moments. Some pitchers are fine giving up a historic home run, for example, while others are just like, under no circumstances will I want to be that person. Just not better or worse, just different. Alabama freshman forward Brandon Miller will not be returning to school and will head to the NBA. This according to a report from ESPN. He's a projected top five pick, maybe even the second Overall pick, Miller coming off a groin injury in the NCAA tournament and a lot of controversy 
after his name appeared in court testimony last month involving the capital murder case of former Alabama player Darius Miles. Miller was not accused of any crime and was allowed to continue to play over the course of the case. The Boston Celtics made a statement over the Milwaukee Bucks in their fight for the top of the Eastern Conference. Even if you expected a bounce back in Milwaukee, I'm not sure anybody expected the Celtics to win by 41 points. I'm John Corrales of the Lockdown Celtics podcast, and when Jason Tatum has it going like this, 8 of 10 shooting from 3, and step back, sidestep, pull-ups, shots that he has not been making all season long, that's going to be a game Boston wins. But they dominated this. Yeah, Milwaukee was on a back-to-back. They were probably a little tired. But the Celtics came in, defended Giannis Antetokounmpo well. They made him work really hard for everything that he got. They really did a good job on Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez was not a factor. They attacked Grayson Allen like they usually do. Jay Crowder, who they got as a defender, could not do much to stop anything Boston was doing. The Celtics kind of showed they have what it takes to beat Milwaukee. They've proven a point. They said after their Washington loss that they expected a bounce back in Milwaukee. No matter what we say after the All-Star break and how inconsistent they've been, they've stepped up against good teams and they showed in Milwaukee that when the playoffs come around, they might just be one of those teams favored to make it all the way to the finals. Here is another story you need to know. When Caitlin Clark became the first player in NCAA history, male or female, to put together a 40-point triple-double, Two and a half million people tuned in. It was more people that had watched any NBA game this season on ESPN. This weekend, she takes on an undefeated South Carolina team led by Aaliyah Boston. I have a feeling there are going to be a couple people interested in watching that one. Isabel Rodriguez, writer at The Next and host of Locked On Women's Basketball, joins me now. And, and Isabel, Caitlin is a, a, a special player. What is it that that makes her... So such a, such a driver of audience. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things about Caitlin that make her enticing as a player and also as a person. Um, I think the way that she plays is very exciting. She has a lot of passes that really make your jaw drop when you watch them. It really seems incredible for someone at the college level to already be playing like that, especially as a junior. Um, and then the way that she she just amasses so many points in that system like it's really built around her in so many ways and i think the supporting cast of characters between um gabby marshall and monica sonano they really complement her in a way that elevates what she's able to do on the floor i think that connection between her and monica specifically is one to watch for um and the way that she's able to get passes into her and kickouts for monica it just sets up a lot of their offense um which is because they're already working in a, an offense heavy system it's really high octane it's really high flying it just elevates her and what she's able to do that much more um and i can't say enough about the coaching staff there too that have just made that a focus of of what they're what their system is going to be and and it's gotten them this far. So clearly it's working. Um, But yeah, I think she's just so enticing to watch because there really aren't that many people that are able to do what she's able to do broadly speaking, let alone at the college level. So. Yeah. To me, she is the embodiment of any argument against people who want to compare men and women's basketball and the lack of dunking. Cause I look at her and I go, (laughs) wait, have you seen Steph Curry play basketball? He has been, as good a basketball player as anyone 
over the last, what, six, seven years, and is arguably the most popular player in the NBA. He doesn't, what does he have, five dunks in his NBA career? Like, it seems to me that she is that kind of just incandescent talent that can, can be the face of women's basketball. And she's just one of many. You look at, you know, the WNBA, um, you know, Sabrina, and, and we're not even getting to Aaliyah Boston, who is also maybe maybe the best player in women's college basketball. Like, we're not even talking about her in this matchup. It just seems like Kaylin Clark is the embodiment of any, any argument that you want to have about women's college basketball versus men's college basketball. She seems to me to be the perfect counterbalance to those cases. Sure, yeah. And I think one thing that's, um, that, and she's spoken about this too, is that Caitlin, I think, opens the door for a lot of people um, in terms of getting into women's basketball and, and giving it a, a real shot um, for people who maybe have never watched a game before. Um, because of the way that she plays, she's such a spunky player um, and she really like likes to bring the audience into it too. I think people attach onto that really well. Um, the it's Iowa a show. fans certainly do. <laughs> um, it really opens the door for people to really give it a shot. And then you find more players that you like, you discover more people through that. And I think she's, I mean, she's done a really great job as have many players who have had the same sort of impact on the game that she has prior before her. So I think it's just a, a, a the next step in the trend of, of more people getting into women's college basketball and really embracing it for, for how great it is. Isabel and our entire stable of Locked On Women's Basketball hosts will be in Dallas for the Final Four all weekend covering the action. Stay up to date by following Locked On Women's Basketball. Coming up, if Trey Lance isn't going to be the preferred starter in San Francisco, why is he still on the team? Do you ever search for something on the internet you don't want anyone else to know about? Do you ever think, I hope no one knows, I, I don't know how to spell Hans of the Kumbo. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. Did you just get a chill up your spine for a second? It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, basically all the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It's running right now as I read this ad to you on my computer. It's running on my phone right now. It runs seamlessly in the background. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. And protected for as long as you want. I don't even think about it anymore. And you can put it on your phone, your computer, your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash locked, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash locked. Expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 49ers aren't in the Lamar Jackson business, allegedly. They are likely to stick with Brock Purdy and his business. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker discuss what that means for former number three overall pick, Trey Lance. And Brock Purdy, a healthy Brock Purdy's QB1. I think they both made that clear, that he earned that. Um, Should he have earned that with the limited sample size we've seen from both of the quarterbacks? But my big thing with Trey Lance is, where is the Sam Darnold part of this picture? Is it really going to be 50-50 splitting reps between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance? Because if so, ship off Trey Lance, right? Because there's no way Trey Lance should be closer to QB3 than QB1 right now in year three after you traded up to draft him at number three overall. So let's just get this straight. Not only is Brock Purdy the preferred starter in San Francisco, they paid to bring in Sam Darnold. They paid to bring in another quarterback who is going to compete with Trey Lance, the number three overall pick, the guy that, The 49ers traded multiple first-round picks to move up to draft that guy? Why exactly? And if that isn't as big an indictment of Trey Lance as you can get, I don't know what is. If I were a team that loved Trey Lance in the pre-draft process, I would be on the horn right now to San Francisco saying, hey, we'll give you not very much because clearly... The 49ers don't believe in Trey Lance. And we know Kyle Shanahan can turn water into wine when it comes to quarterback play. But we also know that he has a notorious doghouse. And once you're in it, it's hard to get out of it. Now, we don't know if Trey Lance is in the doghouse. But it may be the case that he's just like, "Mm, this is not my guy. And so I'm not interested in using him or not interested in prioritizing him. There's a reason he was a top five pick. The reason the 49ers traded him up multiple picks to go get him. Trey Lance is supremely talented. And if the 49ers aren't going to give him the opportunity to show that talent, another team, there are plenty of quarterbacks in this league who are not as talented as Trey Lance. There are plenty of teams who should be interested in at least trying to see, try to figure out what Trey Lance might be. And finally, the Giants owner doesn't want his coach getting a big head, which makes sense. But maybe we update the pop culture references a touch. In an interview with Sirius XM, John Mara says his coach Brian Dayball is like Bono walking around New York City. But he said he told Dayball it doesn't take long to go from Bono to Bozo. Luckily for Mara, Dayball is almost 50 and not one of those young millennial coaches who might not know who either of those people are. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, we crown a women's national champion and prepare for the men's. Will it be an all-South Florida final? So at least until tomorrow. 
Stay locked on sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.